Do you ever feel distracted, like everything is pulling at your attention and that maybe it's even affecting your focus on the Lord, your walk with Him, and maybe even what He's called you to do? Maybe it feels like you're more focused on the immediate things of this life, so much so that you forget we're living for the eternal. If that's you, I get it, and I feel like sometimes it can be hard to know how to get out of a place of distraction and into a place of eternal focus and remembering who God is in our lives. I even get tripped up with what is just life things, even good things, versus distractions that I am called to release. Here are two pretty alarming facts for you when it comes to distraction. More than half of Americans, 56.9%, told Reviews.org they are addicted to their cell phone. And according to a Microsoft report, adults' attention spans are now shorter than a goldfish's. Today, we are diving into uncovering what we lose when we're living distracted, how we can reorient ourselves, and even how to practically form spiritually focused habits instead. We're talking with Katie Westenberg, a follower of Christ, a wife, a mom, an author, and a speaker who believes boldly in the transformative power of faith in Jesus Christ and who teaches women to grow a robust theology of who God is, become students of scripture, and learn to live the truth out with courage. She's the author of the new book, But Then She Remembered, and today we are talking with her, and too, after all of this, I'm answering your questions that you've written into our Dear Meg segment, and I am super stoked to get to do that. Hey friend, I'm Megan Edmonds, and I am so glad that you're here joining me on the She Lives Purposefully podcast, a place where we are encouraged and equipped in our walks with Christ, in knowing our purpose, and in living purposefully as Christian women. I am so thankful that we get to do this life to seek God and honor Him together. Friends, this podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I'm a big advocate for solid Christian counseling. I think it's so important if we need it or if we even just want it to ask Bible-believing members of the body of Christ with the gifts of wisdom and encouragement who have studied and are certified for help for guidance and we can reach out to them and talk to them. I have always supported others going to counseling, but honestly, I didn't think I needed it until a few years ago when I went to counseling for the very first time. And it was life-changing and and most importantly, my counselor was a Christian and she brought the Lord into all of our conversations. I'm actually in counseling right now. Faithful Counseling is an online Christian counseling service that matches you with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian, which is so key. At Faithful Counseling, you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor and schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Faithful Counseling is committed Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed until you find the right one for you. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. And She Lives Purposely podcast listeners get 10% off of your first month at Faithful Counseling. And you can do that at faithfulcounseling.com backslash she lives purposefully. That's faithfulcounseling.com backslash she lives purposely to get the professional faith-based counseling that you deserve and 10% off of your first month. Thank you again to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this episode. 
Katie, thank you so much for coming on the She Lives Purposely podcast. I am so stoked to have you here. Before we dive into all the good stuff, why don't you introduce yourself in your own words? Um, yeah, and tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay, thanks for having me, Megan. Yeah, my name is Katie Westenberg, and I live in Washington State. I like to say the non-Seattle part. Dry out here, and there's lots of crops around me where I live. And I've been married for, it'll be 22 years this summer to my high school sweetheart, which is pretty unexpected, but it's uh, worked out pretty well. We have four kids. My oldest just graduated from high school and I have two teenage daughters and then a little boy who just turned 11. So a lot of teenagers in this house. And that is really my primary job. I homeschool those kids. And, um, but God has given me some capacity to write and speak and just, um, or out from, from study that I've done over the years. So in little fragments in between, I get to do that a little bit. And um, yeah, that's that's life here in Washington. Yeah, I love it. We were just talking beforehand how I've been to Washington and it is such a different place from where I live. So beautiful. I mean, where I live is beautiful too, but in a totally different way. <laughs> um, so beautiful. And two, you mentioned you guys are high school sweethearts. My husband and I aren't necessarily high school sweethearts, but we went to like our school's prom together, had crushes, and then dated years later. But yeah, so kind of a little a little connection there. <laughs> fun to have those memories. Yeah. No, it is, it is very sweet. It's sweet to be able to like look back and see old photos and just like you said, memories from way back when and, and be able to say like, oh my gosh, like you really kind of know this person, you know, from and years of changes too so that's pretty cool it's funny now to look at my teenagers and think like whose path are you crossing right now that you might be later right because god knew all along that he had that man for you so it's kind of interesting yeah yeah i love that that is so cool my parents too they met when they were like 13 so i remember being 13 and being like all right is there anybody around me right now like oh well i'm so glad that you're here and I am excited to talk about like a life of being undistracted, focusing on the Lord, what he's taught us, the eternal, all of that. Um, and before we kind of really get into it too, let's highlight the new book that you have um, and kind of your heart behind it. What caused you, tell us the title, all the things, and what led you to really want to write this book? Okay. So the book is titled, But Then She Remembered How to Give God Your Full Attention and Distracted. Mm. And it really just has come from my time in the Word. We kind of talked about this beforehand, but yeah. that's where all of my writing projects come from years before they actually make it into print, just work God has done in my heart. But it, this one came from just noticing the themes in Scripture of God's command to remember and what happens when his people forget. And um, so then when we talk about modern distractions and things like that, we think that they're new, but when we start to look back, we see that like, oh, God's people, like those Israelites have had a problem with distraction for many years. There's a, a distraction of our heart that we really are prone to. So so a lot of that was done in, in just time spent in the word and noticing those things and trying mm -hmm. to correlate them. But at the same time, you know, I have a house mostly full of teenagers. And so not only am I dealing with my own distractions and noticing the distractions of this world that do seem to be coming at us at a greater rate or maybe a greater intensity than ever before but I'm trying to lead these younger people yeah. in that as I'm trying to figure it out myself and it's not something at least in the same manner I didn't have those distractions when I was a teenager I didn't have a watch on my wrist that would vibrate you know I didn't have a phone in my pocket ever so um, it's different and I need to figure them out for myself in order to lead my children well so it really just came from processing those things processing those things in my quiet time and in my home before it became a book yeah 
I love that. I think that's so great. And I love, too, that you highlighted. I think, one, just as life goes on, there's almost more distraction because there's more responsibility, like leading a new generation. You know, it's not, you know, it's something, a whole new thing on your plate that wasn't there before. But also just, like, technology and having constant notifications, all of that. Um, And I think subconsciously sometimes we can know that that really isn't good for us like having constantly things like popping up on our phone and distracting us all that stuff but from a spiritual perspective what is the real cost of a distracted life like why is it important to take note of these things and kind of run in the other direction um from those things but yeah like why does it actually matter whether or not we kind of feel like we're pulled in a million different directions with all these distractions and you hit the nail on the head there because I think we do notice those distractions and we we feel them we don't really feel resources as how to deal with them like what what exactly are we going to do and sometimes we deal with them as just sometimes we can put a band-aid on okay so maybe I'll just like look at my minutes on my phone and then get off that app or or you know, ignore it for a while, or I'm gonna not, I'm gonna take a fast from Netflix. Not that any of those things are bad tools, but a lot of times those are surface issues. Whereas as believers, we are more concerned with the distracted heart. So if I know that I'm a person being formed in the image of something, like what is forming me right now when I'm spending so much time or sharing so much of my heart or absorbing so much content from certain places, how is that forming me? How is that guiding my heart? How is that shaping how I make decisions? How I think so getting behind just the surface distractions and thinking how is my heart becoming distracted because of that when I'm looking at other things and I feel envy rising up in me you know things that I do I really want to spend my days um, looking at other people's house colors or their their vacations they took on is this really how God intended me to live my moment so when you talk about living purposefully like this is really at the heart of it is this yeah. how I want to spend my time here I love that you said is this really how God would have me yeah like spend my time and live moment to moment and I feel like too sometimes these distractions can feel inconsequential like you said like looking at somebody else's house and the paint color they used or the furniture that they're getting or you know somebody's like to know it and all of the like different outfits or whatever you may be like scrolling through on Instagram or Facebook TikTok whatever um And even too, just like I think news notifications, email notifications, all these things that are constantly popping up can feel like they're not that big of a deal, but they get to, or really what's important is, like you said, focusing on the heart behind these things. Like, why am I always searching for something else? Why am I always, and I found this for myself because I have done like a couple, you know, Instagram fasts or whatever. And every time I notice how quick I am to like want to go on the app, you know, when it's even a moment of pause, like, oh, let me check Instagram and it's not there, you know, during that. Um, And it really hits this, this theme of like, all right, why do I feel this urge to do that and go to another direction? Um, So I think, I think that's really cool. And before we kind of get into, you know, how to sort of combat that, I think something in my own mind, something that I kind of struggle with too, is really navigating, okay, what is a distraction versus what is something that's just kind of an interruption or just something, a good thing on the horizontal in life that we have, you know, that is not, um, 
always going to be like maybe making us think of the eternal in every single second, but it's just something that we have to do or an interruption in life. So how do we kind of differentiate between those two things? And I think you talk about this in, in your book as well. Yeah. Yeah. We look at the life of Christ in the book and think about, was he ever distracted? And, and we find out really easily Jesus was never distracted, but he was often interrupted. Right. Hmm. And then, and then when I look at my own life, I ask the question, what things frustrate me? Okay. So I could pick up my phone and, and I, I don't want to just um, come down hard on picking up our phone. There's a lot of healthy and good things we use. It can be a very good tool. I could not be communicating with you right now without technology. So I can't say that that is a complete loss. That would be a lie. So I pick it up with good intentions. And then all of a sudden I'm down some rabbit trail and I went to check for a recipe and then I looked at an email and then I was on social media and 15 minutes later, I forgot what I was doing in the first place. Right. But I'm kind of happy in that land of distraction. I want to time out or I want to be entertained or whatever. I'm going down this lane of distractions. So we usually are appeased by our own distractions, but it's when someone else interrupts us that we get frustrated. Wow. You know, all of a sudden your friend calls and she needs help again. And how many times does she need help? Or your parents need help or they need poached through something right now. You know, I, or for me, it's often children, right? They come with some need and I'm annoyed because I have work to do. And this is an interruption to me right now. Mm. And so it's interesting to see how quickly I'm not annoyed by my distractions. That's me choosing my own um, diversions. Yeah. But with, my, with other people in my life, I am annoyed by the interruptions. And it's actually quite the opposite in the life of Christ. When those interruptions came, like he was often going somewhere and people would beat him to the other shore. Like he's, he's getting on the boat and people are running to the other side. And I think, how exhausting would that be? Yeah. Like perform a miracle and the woman with the issue of the blood reaches out you know he stops him people are stopping him crowds are coming to him all the time and he always took time for the person who was right in front of him so it, it's really reframing how i look at those interruptions are often god-given moments like yeah. how can i serve you right here with the people in front of me how can i serve god and worship him through interruptions what i would consider interruptions but they're the real work he has called me to do right now yeah so yeah it's, it's important to keep in mind that jesus was never distracted but he was often interrupted and then after he was interrupted he went on his way doing the same mission like that's our work to keep on going and doing what we're, we're called to do here yeah i love that and i wonder too just as you were talking i was thinking how often do the distractions kind of block our way to allow the Lord to put these interruptions in our life that he's actually called us to walk in, you know, to help a certain person or whatever it may be, because I'm so distracted by the things that I want to be actually distracted by. But I think that's so good, like just really looking at it to almost like interruptions can be real people, people made in the image of God versus just like our social media or, you know, blogs, whatever it is. Um, So I love that. And it sounds like too interruptions and kind of walking into them is inspired by kind of a love for people versus just wanting to go in another direction, wanting to be taken off course. Um, So I think, yeah, I think that's really, really cool. And then two, so talking about distractions, and you point this out, I think, in your book as well, um, that a big part of distraction is focusing more on the here and now than the eternal. And I think that's so good because we talk about, you know, at She Lives Purposefully, a huge part of living purposefully, um, really all of it is living how God has called us to live. And it's so important to be focused on the eternal and what he's called us to long term and what he has for us after this side of heaven, you know. Um, And so distraction kind of does the opposite of that. And 
you also mentioned how we put urgency in the immediate instead of the eternal. We focus more on the pressure and fears and vulnerabilities, which you kind of even mentioned, like looking at other people's houses in comparison. And that really hits like vulnerabilities too, or, you know, pressure, I think even. Um, And as we've talked about, I think social media can be a huge part of that. Um, And you mentioned this before as well, but I feel like it is becoming almost even more and more prominent. Like you said, we have it on our watches. It's in our hands all the time. Things are dinging. So how do we reorient ourselves? How do we kind of redirect? Um, And, you know, I think in that theme of focusing more on the eternal, how can we try to see our time from God's perspective versus, you know, kind of our own perspective and just looking at the, you know, horizontal and instead of the eternal. So all that to say, how do we reorient ourselves from living a distracted life? Yeah, to to talk about just the distractions, first of all, like being different than they were before. The thing that's so interesting is that all of these like social media apps or or even your Netflix, they're run on algorithms that are keenly aware of your shopping or buying or interest or clicking habits. And so they are coming at us at a targeted rate that we never had to deal with before, right? And so when those social feeds, they just, they go on forever because they are formulated to keep you engaged. I want to keep you here and I want to keep you with the idea that you might be missing out if you're not refreshing the feed. So, So definitely the attack is more intense than it's ever been before. And I think when it comes down to it, we don't have a God that's up there keeping score. Like, oh, she was on 15 minutes. You know, it it doesn't work like that. And sometimes we want that. Like, give me the recipe, I'll do it right. Like, if you just tell me how many minutes are good and how many minutes are bad, how many Netflix shows are good and how many are bad, you know, then I'll do that. Yeah. But what what the Bible calls us to is to walk with the Spirit, right? Mm. So in, in John 14, as Jesus is leaving, he tells his disciples that he's going to send the Holy Spirit, right? And he is going to teach you all things and help you remember all the things that I've said to you, right? Mm-hmm. So that Holy Spirit is our helper in that moment. And I think that is the greatest tool at our disposal that we often don't employ. Like, yeah. I ask God, can you help me be convicted, right? I'm not keeping score of anything. I'm not really looking at all those minutes to say, are these good minutes? Are these bad minutes? But if I have a heart that wants to live fully for you, if I want to spend my days to glorify and honor you, because I know it's short, like, I might be done tomorrow. I really don't know how long this race is, and I want to honor you with my life. We have to believe that that is a prayer he loves to answer. He loves that heart. And so then we pay attention to his conviction. When I'm in that moment and I realize, oh my goodness, I was looking for a recipe, and now 15 minutes later I'm looking at someone's paint colors, that conviction requires my obedience, right? Okay, I'm done with this. I'm walking away. And again, some of those tools we talked about, like, um, social fasts or things like that can be helpful ways to, to put some distance there and realize how much I am really relying on this. What habits have I formed that I need to break? But really the Holy Spirit is the key in reminding me how I want to live this life. Remind me how to orient my life towards you, not toward these things that don't matter. Yeah, I love that. Just bringing it back right to the spirit. And that is, I love that you said this too, like almost our most underutilized tool. We actually have the spirit of God in us and, you know, God wants to be helping us. And how often do we forget to actually go to him? I think that's something in my own life I am working on more and more and more is in moments of anxiety or panic or frustration. You know, I feel like I can just get into my own head so easily and having to reorient like, all right, Lord, I am just going to cast this at your feet. I'm going to like pray about this and know that I'm bringing this to you. Ask for your help in these things and for you to like redirect whatever you need to redirect. Um, and, and it's so 
cool to know like the God of the universe actually wants to help us and we can go to him and and so often we don't um I love too that you said you know really briefly but like our journey could be done tomorrow and the Lord knows exactly how he wants us to live out the lives that we do have however long we have we could have you know till we're like a world record, a hundred and whatever years old, um, or, or like you said, it could be done tomorrow. And I think so often we think that we are wise and we know exactly how our lives are to be lived, you know, based on maybe just whatever the world tells us it should be. And maybe based on some good things, like maybe we're walking with the Lord, but we're like, no, I know I should be doing this thing. But to actually go to the one who knows all of our days and to seek him in that, I, I just love that. Um, just that really good reminder of like, okay, let me just re go back to the Lord and ask him like exactly what he would have me do and ask him to reorient my heart and and my mind in that. I love that. And to, so going into all of this, like very practically, um, as well, I, I'm wondering, and I know that you talk about this too, you know, the scripture tells us as well to take our thoughts captive. Um, and so what can that look like practically for us? Um, I've had conversations with different people talking about taking our thoughts captive. And I feel like sometimes it can be a hard thing to almost grasp, especially in our world where our thoughts are going a hundred million miles a minute, it feels like. Um, so what can that look like today? Um, yeah. And, and even too not even just taking the thoughts that we have captive, but again, reorienting those things very practically to um, remembering what God would call us to remember. Yeah, well, I'll illustrate this with a story. So when my first book came out, um, it was it was entirely new for me. I told you, like, my primary work is, is really at home. Yeah. And, and God opened up a door for me to write. And so this book is coming out. But I'm, I hadn't done this before. Everything was new here, right? So it felt felt very different and unique. And as you get ready to launch a book, the publisher is, they have, they have a publicist who helps put all these appointments together for the podcast and stuff like that. So they were contacting me and I was getting these on the calendar. And I'm not typically an anxious person, but I started to feel pretty anxious about this because my calendar was looking like nothing like it had before. Normally it's like school things with the kids and a dentist appointment. You know, that's what I've been used to for many years. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's all these podcast appointments and interviews and deadlines for writing things that have to be done. And the part that was really challenging to me is that none of it can be done right now, right? The launch is like in six weeks and you have all these upcoming deadlines. I couldn't do any of it now. It's not like I could stay up till midnight and just knock it out. I had to wait till it got here and deal with it. Mm-hmm. I felt this like ball of nerves in my stomach. Like I could physically feel it. And so I was on the phone with a friend and I said, um, is this just what it's going to be like until this book comes out? I'm just going to feel this like anxious ball of nerves all the time. That's hmm. what it is. And she gave me the question that has been a super powerful tool for me since then. She said, Katie, I'm going to ask you one question. What are you believing to be true about God right now? Mm. And when I paused and thought about that, I just started to weep because I know what, who God is and I know what he's done and I know how he's been faithful in his word and in my life and in the lives of those around me. But my lived out practical theology in that moment is that God's probably going to hang me out to dry. He's going to fail me and fail my family. I'm not going to be enough. Yeah. Gonna, you know, we're all just going to die here. We're going to eat pizza out of a box for the next two months. Like all of these things that matter to me and I believe matter to him. I just think like, no, he's, he's just going to fail me now. That's, that's what I was living in that fear, which was absolutely disgusting to me and a lie. Right. Yeah. And so her asking that question, when I feel those fears or that anxiety or any of that about 
about world news, about politics, about social issues, about any of that, I can say, when I feel that, Lord, what am I believing to be true about you? Like, what, what, who are you here? Who were you yesterday? Who were you with the Israelites? And who are you going to be now for me? So that helps realign my thoughts with truth. That's how I take thoughts captive. Yeah. The second part of that scripture is bringing them into obedience, right? Mm. So I'm not just taking them captive and holding them there in a little tank. I'm bringing them to obedience because this is the truth of who you are, God. And this is the truth of what I believe and I know it. And sometimes I just need to remind myself. I think so often I think of taking thoughts captive as almost just stopping negative thoughts and like maybe giving them to the Lord or just recognizing what I'm doing and like, you know, halting them in their, in their place. But I love that you talked about like, yeah, you know, in part it can be like stopping these negative thoughts, but really combating them with actual truth instead and remembering truth instead. I love that. And who what you said, um, what am I believing God to be? What am I believing to be truth? I think is so powerful and it's something too ironically my mom was just um reminding me of like last month because there was something I was stressed about and you know I just was like talking about it and she was kind of posing a similar question of like do you think that the Lord cares about this in a very much like of course he does like care about the things that you care about you know and um and the Lord hears your prayers and he wants you to bring all of these things to him and so I love that taking our thoughts captive not just stopping negative thoughts but actually bringing these things to the Lord and reminding ourselves of who he actually is in our lives. That's so, so powerful. Yeah, we have this tendency to make him really small, right? It doesn't make like in, in your own testimony, it doesn't make the hard things any less hard. Yeah. Right? I'm not pretending like, oh, this really isn't that bad. You know, this AI technology that concerns me, it's, it's not going to be bad. It's not being naive about things, mm. being realistic about how big God is. And I make him small sometimes, even, even a girl who was raised in church and knows the word. I have this temptation sometimes to look at things hmm. and I need my thoughts and my mind reoriented like how big is God what has he done did he really part seas do I believe that then, then what do I believe he's going to do here and it really does change my heart just even I'm as you were saying that I'm thinking of other examples like people that he met with and that he healed and that he comforted you know as he was here even just in the old testament like you know the ways that he moved and it's like this is our God who is so mighty and so powerful and also so caring, like he really cares. And um, we get to reorient our thoughts and our lives to him. That's so cool. That's so cool. And I think a huge part, too, of kind of living undistracted and also really reminding ourselves of actual truths that who God is, is, you know, of course, like knowing who God is. And a big part of that is reading his word and spending time with him. Um, and in this era, which, I mean, it's not even an era of distraction because we see in scripture too, like you said earlier, there's always been distraction. There's so many, you know, advice and different tools that the scripture gives us for distraction, but it feels like again, now more than ever, there's so much distraction. And I think it really does affect how often Christians are spending time with God, whether it's an urgency to get to work or you catch yourself actually spending 15 to 30 minutes on social media when you were just going to check the weather, um, whatever it may be, we're spending less time with God oftentimes, not always, but um, I think it's more and more of a struggle maybe, or maybe not more and more, but it definitely is a struggle. So how can we kind of make a habit of reading scripture, of spending time with the Lord when there are all of these distractions and, and 
yeah, how can how can we do that? Mm-hmm. It, it really is healthy habits, and I, I have a chapter on that in the book. Can we talk about like forming those habits? Do those matter? Do I live my days just automatically, or am I thinking about this is what I want it to look like, right? And and none of that is. I want to be careful not not to make it legalism. Mm-hmm. Again, God's not up there keeping score, like oh she didn't read today, she's off the list, right? Yeah. But out of love for Him, out of wanting to know Him more, out of wanting to make sense of the world around me. You know, to honor him, I want to know him. We want to know the people we love, right? Yeah. So it, it really does look different in different seasons of my life. So I'm in my 40s and I've been through a few different stages. And, and there's times where there's been more time. And there's times with little babies where there hasn't been much sleep and there hasn't been much reading, right? So one tool I have found to be helpful, particularly later in life, is is just memorizing scripture. Hmm. And I think that's something we've gotten away from or we've often relegated it to childhood. Like we yeah. when we're little, we memorize verses. But particularly when times are hard or when, there, when there's hard things going in life, I, I'm pretty disciplined. So I kind of have a schedule of when I read the Bible. But there's been times when things are really hard and I open that Bible to read and I could read a verse and read it again and like nothing's sticking, right? My mind is so full, it's just spinning. I can't even get the words to stick. And that's when I really can rely on the words that we've already hidden in our heart. Like what, yeah. are, those, what are the verses that are true? My pastor was preaching the other day and he mentioned that most of the scripture he knows he learned when he was 20 or younger. Like as he's preaching, just the scripture he's quoting, most of it he learned when he was 20 or younger. And I thought that's so interesting that that word does not return void, right? Yeah. Years have that planted. So I really committed to memorizing scripture later in life. And then, um, and we see stories of like Corey Ten Boom when she's in a concentration camp and everything's taken from her. Yeah, it's that word that she has memorized and hidden in her heart. One of those times where she can't pull out her little Bible. That is really, really powerful. So memorizing scripture has been a healthy tool. And then just paying attention that there are seasons. There are seasons for drinking the word like in big gulps. And there are seasons where it's just a verse that I can get in. But God knows if we have a heart committed to him, mm. he's going to honor that. That can grow in big ways. Tiny seeds can grow in big ways. I really love to your emphasis on memorizing scripture because I think going back to remembering true things about who God is, especially in hard seasons, how special that is to actually know God's word and have it in your heart and not have to be like searching and flipping through your Bible. Like I just need some encouragement, but to actually already have that in there, not that we can't be searching anyway, but to have that in our hearts and our minds is so powerful. And to be able to go back to those truths that we already know that we know that we know because we've memorized that is so good. And that's something that I definitely need to work on too, is just memorizing scripture more. Um, so I, I really love that you highlighted that so much and to the, like remembering that the Lord is just not keeping track of like, oh, you spent 15 minutes to stay instead of, you know, an hour or 30 or you missed today or whatever. Um, I think that's so important too, was just remembering like he is such a God of grace and like our seeking him should be out of a love for him and just wanting to know his truths and like I think too when we start to love him we want to live how he wants us to live and we want to see life how he wants us to see life and then we need his word for for all of that so that's really beautiful no this has been so good I am so thankful that you are here and have been able to talk with us about living an undistracted life on the podcast um if you could share just one, anything on your heart, whether it's related to this book, this topic or not, but if you have one last bit of encouragement for the women listening, what would that be? Again, it could be related to this, not related to this, anything at all. And then we'll talk about where we can, you know, get your book, all the good stuff. 
Yeah. Here's the interesting thing about remembering. It's it's not often a topic that we think we need, mm. right? Actually, when I first talked to the publishers about this idea for the book, they were like, that is great. And we see how you got there and we see how it's in scripture. But no one is going to the bookstore and thinking, I need a book on remembering. Like, mm. They're just not, not thinking that we need that. So so developing, like uh, getting people to understand that actually we do need this yeah. is kind of a hard thing. But it's been sweet to go through scripture and think, because I was just like to the publisher, well, if, if God said we should do it, we got to do it. Like I mean, we got to publish the book and we got to talk about it. <laughs> so it took some like wrangling and getting them to understand the theme and and, and seeing how we can fit this, like get women to understand that, yes, we, we need to be your members. But one of my favorite verses, and I have it open right here, is in Philippians 1, where Paul opens chapter 3. Sorry, I said Philippians 1, Philippians 3. He says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write these same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Hmm. So he's being repetitive. We see the scripture being repetitive again and again. We see those stories of the Old Testament threaded throughout the New because God knows our frame. Like he knows we're good forgetters. He knows that we have trouble with that. So I'm going to remind you again and again. I'm going to tell you to put stones of remembrance in place. I'm going to command you in Numbers and Deuteronomy to pass these things on to your children and to your children's children because he knows at the same time we're retelling those stories, we're solidifying them for our own hearts and minds as we're passing them on, right? This is how it's done. So remembering is not only good for us, but it's for our safety. It's our protection to remember who God is. So when we are tempted to fear, when we're tempted toward anxiety, when we're tempted to think the whole world is going to blow up and go down a bad hill, we get to remember by faith who God is. And it's for our safety that he's commanded us to remember. So I would just really encourage your listeners to be the remembers. Think that this matters. This is worth it. We can be the remembers. I know that remembering the truths of the Lord have been has been so essential in my own life, especially going into hard seasons. Um, And so I love that you brought that up. And too, how you talked about the Lord commands it of his children in the Old Testament, like tell the next generation, tell your children and have them tell their children because I, you know, it's so important that we, and I love that you put it that way too, When we're talking about those things, we're telling other people, we are ourselves remembering, not just sharing it, but remembering ourselves. And um, I I thought that was so beautiful. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the She Lives Purposely podcast. Before we hop off, where can people find your book or get a copy? Um, And yeah, where can they find you too? Okay. Well, the book, but then she remembered and, and the first one, I Choose Brave, is available wherever books are sold on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, Christian Book, those places. And then I can be found at my website, katiewestenberg.com. And then occasionally I'm on Instagram as well. I love it. Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been such a joy. You guys go follow her, go grab her book. I can't wait to dive into it. This is something that I, like I said, I've seen in my own life being such an incredible blessing, just remembering the things of the Lord. And two, I can find myself being easily distracted. So I'm excited to dive in and learn more and read everything that the Lord has showed Katie. So go and grab that. And Katie, thanks so much again. All right, friends, wasn't that just such a sweet conversation with Katie? So, so powerful and such a good reminder. It's time for Dear Meg. All right, and so today's question says this or asks this. Dear Meg, how do you discern the voice of God and my voice? So I'm assuming that this question means discerning between the voice of God and my voice. Okay, so my encouragement 
to you would be a few things. One, of course, make sure that you're praying over the thing that you want discernment about, that you're actually seeking the voice of God that should be a given, but sometimes it's not. And so I would encourage you, make sure that you're actually seeking the voice that you're looking to discern, you know, um, seek him in the area that you want discernment from. Another thing that I would encourage you to do is really dive into God's word. I think sometimes we how do I say this? I guess sometimes we are wondering about a situation that is already clearly laid out in scripture. So maybe we're wondering if we should do something, if it's okay to do something. And the Lord has already given us his word and has already told us whether or not something's okay, something along those lines. And so I think it's really important to know your Bible, know God's word. And two, as you are studying God's word, you learn more about him and you actually get to know him more. And then you're going to know his voice even better. So be in prayer, be reading his word. I think another way is to um, invite people into this prayer of discernment that you have. So Bible-believing, solid Christians, I wouldn't invite the whole world into this discernment process, but, you know, invite some trusted people into this process with you so that they can be praying for you as well. And there is a good chance, too, that maybe some of them will have insight one way or another in their own um, God-given wisdom as well. So I think that that's really really powerful. Another thing too, and this is not something that I would rely upon necessarily, but sometimes the Lord does give us different signs or things. And so I think it is good to, you know, be aware of like, all right, this verse keeps popping up in my life over and over and over again. You know, I found it in my own personal time with the Lord. Somebody spoke it to me. Somebody said it randomly. I heard it in a Bible study, like all of these things as you're seeking the Lord. And he is maybe saying the same thing to you over and over and over again. I think that that is cool to pay attention to. So be seeking Jesus in your word, in prayer, um, go to other people who have wisdom from the Lord as well, who are in the word, who are his children, who can pray this with you. And I think to be open to actually listening to what the Lord might be saying in those areas. Um, I think going back to reading scripture, I think it's really important to already know, like if the Lord says something is not okay in his word, then it's not going to be okay in your situation either. Maybe you're looking like, you know, should I, should I marry this person who's not saved? And the Lord says like, do not be unequally yoked. So I think situations like that, you know, we can actually already go to the word of God and know those things. So don't maybe wonder like, maybe God's telling this to me, even though his words is something else. No, his word is truth and it is his actual word. And I think as you really seek to know the voice of God, you are going to be able to differentiate like, all right, this is God versus this is me. But I think it's really important to say, too, that as you are looking towards the Lord and looking for his direction and being open hearted and, you know, ready to receive whatever guidance he has for you. And let's say that you think he's leading you in one direction. And then later on, you're like, oh, maybe I was confused. The Lord is not upset with you for confusion. He's not a God of confusion and you're not acting in disobedience. And I remember somebody told that to me once. It was so freeing to know, like, if I am not disobeying God, I'm not acting in disobedience. And so 
Two, I think that speaks to sometimes we do need to step out in faith into what we think the Lord is telling us to do. And and then if the Lord needs to redirect us, he'll redirect us. But we are his children and he cares for us. And he's not, you know, trying to confuse us. And then if we go in the wrong direction, he's like, oh, haha, tricked you. And I feel like sometimes we can have this mentality that, you know, we're walking on this super thin ice with the Lord. And if we accidentally even though we were seeking him, go into maybe a direction that's not exactly what he had laid out for us, that he completely leaves us hanging, you know, or that he was trying to trick us or any of those things. The Lord is for you. You are his child and he loves you and he wants to guide you. So seek him and he will guide. Step out in faith, but be closely following his leading. And that, again, does mean praying, looking for discernment, even from other people, wisdom from other people, reading his words, seeking him. He wants to be found by you. He wants to guide you. He's not trying to trip you up. And so I would encourage you with those things. Use the word of God as a, you know, a tool of discernment and and be seeking him in prayer. That would be my encouragement to you. Friend, I hope and pray that you were encouraged by today's podcast episode, both with Katie and this segment of Dear Meg. If you like this podcast, be sure to leave a review and share it with your friends in your go-to group chat or on social media. Doing this helps the podcast so much to reach new women and encourage and equip them. I have gotten many a message from women who found the podcast randomly on Spotify, Apple podcast and that is because of these shares and reviews that help the podcast to climb in certain charts so praise the lord for that thank you for sharing and for reviewing for listening for subscribing all the good stuff don't miss next week's episode these episodes are jam-packed with goodness encouragement exhortation and truth friend live purposefully live for jesus and have a fantastic rest of your day